0: I am Lucas Mack. I'm a former TV reporter, a published author, TEDx speaker, musician, advertising agency owner and management consultant. I'm also a former Christian preacher who dedicated 15 years of my life searching for truth and love. I've done a lot of work to heal and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you, so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to The Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, dear brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and it is such a pleasure to have you join. (sighs) Get ready. Breathe in and out because today's episode is with Andrew Genovese. He is a breathwork coach, he's a really cool guy. And we had a great conversation learning about his journey going to India, studying with a guru, his whole journey of becoming a breathwork certified trainer, and really a soul liberator, is what he is. And this episode is beautiful. My brother Andrew, thank you so much for joining, sharing your beauty. And everyone enjoy. So, brother Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, reaching out. And I'm excited to have you on. It's fun following your journey and kind of we just got connected pretty recently. But going back through your content and and uh, just your beautiful light that you're shining, brother. Thanks for coming on. Welcome.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure, man. I'm so happy to be with you, Lucas. And yeah what a better time to get just information that people can use and more love and light to uh, the masses. And yeah, this is how we co-create the new earth.
0: That's right. And it, it is such, it's an exhilarating time. I feel like all the cells in my body, everything um, from belief structures, physical structures, emotional structures, everything's getting shifted, realigned to receive more love and light. And that watching it happen um, with everyone, people that are awake, people that have yet to awaken to their fullness of their light, it's all beautiful right now. And um, what have you seen in your journey? And I wanna hear your whole story because everyone's story is so beautiful to bring them where they are. But what have you seen right now um, as far as people coming online like you're saying, this network of souls around the world.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just been so, you know, I, I just look around at my peers, at my fellow way showers, lightworkers, light warriors, and we're all bridging the gap together, you know, sharing the, the sharing the information, co creating. And you see all these people that, and many pause and many light workers who are maybe a lot more introverted, mm. they are being called forward. They are being called forward to share their light because we can't play small anymore. Right. We have to fully step into what we're meant to do here. And what's so I think empowering and inspiring is that when you start to look around and you're like, Whoa, oh my friend just started a new website. My friend's all of a sudden he's linking up with this person everyone is just getting inspired by everyone it's just a huge domino effect yes and we're all literally the the beings of of light are leading the way into the new earth and it's just so you just look around you and you know if you're living in that state of love kindness compassion oneness you i don't think you can't not be inspired right now right you know uh, right. i i just wake up every day and when i i just see a, a literally an uprising of humanity reclaiming their sovereignty back yes you know yes. all the videos surging of people holding hands in the street and dancing yes. and just giving hugs to strangers and i said it in a post recently that i did that this word that we say stranger i don't know them they're a stranger mm. will forever forever be a word of the past it mm. won't even be it won't even be in the dictionary yeah. because everything is going to be we not yeah. mine not yeah. i it's going to be ours it's yes. going to be community it's going to be co-collaboration co-creating it's going to be all that divine feminine energy yes uh and we're moving out of that divine masculine energy uh and we're and we're healing the, the divine masculine as we move into the new earth and those energies just don't fit into where we're going because all these things of you're my competition, I have to watch out. uh, You know, maybe I shouldn't uh, uh, hook them up with my friend who can help them. No, that's all, that's all fading away. Yeah. It's it's all that divine masculine of achieve, save, go, go, go. And never ever taking time for ourselves to just, and just love being mm. just love literally having this physical body, not having yes. to do anything. Do anything. Or do anything. That's right.
0: That's right. Just being, that's it. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that, and I love that concept that stranger will be um, a word of the past. And it's interesting. I, so I came from the Christian path, uh, hard, hardcore Christian path. Okay. So uh, i ran a ministry. I was on staff for young life. I preached and worship leader and all this stuff. I mean, I I went hard down that path to try to find truth, to try to find, find the love of truly the answer is I tried to find the love of God. That's what I went down that path for. And, you know, I could give you a dissertation on the doctrines and the denominations and the Bible versions and all these things. But when you were saying, saying this, and I did this podcast earlier this year, January, which is a huge breakthrough for, for me. And it's been uh, received very well by people that are on a similar path is why I left Christianity to find the love of God. And it's interesting, though, that Jesus says neighbor. And neighbor indicates there is no stranger. So when you love your neighbor, it's saying every one of us is a breadbreaker with every one of us. There is no judgment of like, and that was the fallacy. Well, who is my neighbor? Everyone you come in contact with is your neighbor that you invite in, that you embrace, that you love, that you welcome, that you check in on, that you ask, that you set your intention for their highest good because their highest good blesses my highest good. And um yeah. I love that concept that neighbor is a thing, a thing in the past, or uh, I'm sorry, stranger is a thing in the past. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when, when we, if we're walking around on the street and we look at some man who's homeless and we say, God, why, why can't he just work? Like, mm. why, why, why is he in that situation? Mm. It is a total lack of awareness and consciousness that that man or that woman on the street is serious, simply your mirror. Yes, that, that, that is literally all of us are each other's mirrors and every single person that we are coming in contact with is divinely orchestrated to test us, Mm -hmm. to show us something, to give us a lesson. And each person that we come in contact is a luminous teaching. Yes. They are our teacher. Yes. And as we elevate into the higher frequencies this just becomes more and more apparent. Mm. We, after I, I meet someone, I say, okay, source, I see what you did there. You were mm. testing me. You are seeing how <laughs> I was going to react and the kindness I was gonna to give to this person mm. and see beyond the lo- illusion of separation that we are not separate. That's right. And now that we have all this unbelievable science, especially in the last decade, Amazing, amazing men like Greg Braden, uh, oh. Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes. yes. All we have all the technology, all the science proving through the Schumann resonance that when three million people get together and put the planet in their heart space, this is literally the Dark Force's worst nightmare. Yep. Is us realizing how divinely powerful we are. That's and right. that when we come together, the frequency of love is times a thousand, the frequency of hate and separation and anger.
0: Hmm. That's it. I have a, a quote that darkness isn't a counterforce to light. Darkness is, exists in the absence of light. That We want the darkness to go away. We just increase our light. We don't curse the darkness. Benjamin Franklin said, and, and truly, we have done a disservice to our society right now, especially in the United States, but I would say globally as well, to not honor the great philosophical depth of Benjamin Franklin and some of the founding fathers. And Benjamin Franklin had this philosophical idea after spending time with George Whitfield. And Benjamin Franklin was the person, the first person to coin the term Great Awakening. And he said, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle. And that concept was so foreign, which is so bizarre. He's also the person that in, introduced the patent in the globe, on the planet, that patents became, intellectual property became our own, and that sovereignty, the Great Awakening and sovereignty has always gone hand in hand. And for a long time, I was thinking this was the third Great Awakening that we're entering in. And from some viewpoints, it's been a beautiful way to look at that, that source as father, bringing everyone back into the fold of that embrace. So you can heal that divine masculine in order to receive finally (sighs) the divine feminine that that's coming. And, And it's just this beautiful. That's why surrender. And I want to get to your story, but I was writing this morning, like why is surrender so important? It's because it's the first step to receive the infinite and unconditional love that is waiting at the very precipice of us surrendering just us being of us breathing that depth into ourselves and it's a beautiful time it's a beautiful beautiful time
1: that's right Lucas as soon as you said that I literally just had a surge of energy go mm. through my entire body mm. I um I've been in a couple of situations in my life for example How I got into becoming a healer and how I found breath work was uh, I was running a business in Central America, in Nicaragua. I had a backpacker's hostel and I had two extremely toxic business partners. Every day I woke up with severe anxiety. Mm. Every day I, I literally would sit on the edge of my bed, and that's when I first started meditating. And I would just sit on my bed for five minutes and I would just. and then i would be like okay i got my 5 minutes of breathing in a uh,
0: mm.
1: here we go i'm ready to get back out there mm. and after i left nicaragua we had uh, our business was going super well straight out the gates we literally built our dream from scratch and s- 6 months fast forward we found ourselves literally in total government turmoil the president was uh, had taken was starting to kill fifty people, then a hundred, then two hundred, then three hundred, then five hundred, then five hundred fifty innocent people protesting because it's a, it's a. There is no government. The government is run by thugs, just like most of our planet at yeah. the moment. Yeah. So I left Nicaragua, and I literally had a bag full of like a couple t-shirts and a couple of pairs of shorts. I grabbed the sir I grabbed my surfboard. I went up through Northern Nicaragua, went to El Salvador, went to Guatemala. And in Guatemala, I had my first ever LSD trip. Mm. And that was one of the most important days of my life.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I felt a connectivity to Mother Gaia and the animals and the plants like I'd never experienced mm. before. I was... I was thousands of feet in the mountains surrounded by four volcanoes Mm. in the root of all Mayan culture walking on paths that were built 6,000, 8,000, 10,000 years ago. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And the connection that I felt to that central American energy. And as we reached the top, we walked back down in this tiny, tiny little five foot two hippie dude from Vancouver, Canada, Said, hey, hey, guys, I was traveling with a guy from Brisbane, Australia. And he said, hey, guys, you want to you want to drop in and do like a little like short meditation? I'll, I'll guide you through it. And we, we were like, yeah, that sounds good. So I sat down on the earth and he guided us through a meditation. And I had a surge of energy go through my entire body. And I'm not talking about like one I had now, mm. it was nothing but pure, supernatural Hmm. When I brought my awareness to my fingertips, it felt like there was lightning bolts in all 10 of my fingertips. It was absolutely bonkers. I, I never experienced anything like it. But in that session, I got some messages and the messages were, and I don't know what what guides or guardian angels or angels it it's coming from, but they told me not to worry about my hostel, that everything was going to be fine and I had nothing to worry about. And that I needed to move to New York City from living in a tiny village in Nicaragua. Wow. So I continued to travel up through Nicaragua and I was traveled in Mexico for the next six weeks. So I was gone for two and a half months after I left my hostel and I bought a ticket to New York City where I had some family living. And in that time, I arrived in New York City. I'm literally like, what is happening? I just was living in a village of a couple hundred people in the middle of nowhere in central America to one of the busiest cities in the world. And I got a job Uh, as soon as I got there, bartending. Well, source didn't want me to bartend. Let's just say that, Lucas. Mm. So as soon as I started working, I started getting intense pain shooting into my wrists and in my arms. Mm. And so I I went into work two more times and I almost had like a severe, like panic attack Mm. because I was like, this can't be happening. I have no money. I've lost my business. Uh, I, I'm i losing now I'm losing my health. And I just have to tell my manager who just hired me who thought I was literally like the awesomest human on the planet that I can't work anymore. Hmm. So I literally go into him and I say, Hey, Mishu, I, he, I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm having severe pain and, and I don't know what to do. I can't I can't work. So luckily, they didn't they literally like never, they didn't fire me. They literally just kept me on and let me like h- just hang out and heal for like eight weeks. Wow. And until wow. finally, yeah. Until like it might've even been like, yeah, eight to 10 weeks until finally they put me on a job where I didn't need to use my hands nearly as much. And I was making way less money, but I was making something yeah. and I for I'm forever grateful for, for them for doing that for me. I mean, it was, Oh my God, like the level of gratitude that I felt for them doing that for me and keeping me on because I think they just felt how sincere and how genuine I was Mm -hmm. and that I really needed them, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, what happened was I got to this place where I just was like lying down in my room and I just said, Source, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just surrender." I just surrender that I, uh, that it's going to work out and that it's going to be fine. Something magic happened that day that I said that shortly after I found breath work, I didn't find it. I just started breathing deeply. It's like, I remembered, Oh yeah, I was meditating in Nicaragua. So I just started every day, every day, 20 minutes a day, sometimes twice a day. So in the morning and at night, and The thing that was so profound was not only did I see myself, the the chronic inflammation, which was what it was from years of processed foods, Mm. uh, alcohol, years of just not not taking care of myself, never doing any cleansing, never doing any detoxing, Mm. never doing any meditating, breath work, anything like that not only was, I, was the inflammation going away in my hands and I started to gain function back in my hands and arms, but all the things I started, I used to think about myself that I wasn't enough, that I couldn't do this, I couldn't own this, I couldn't have my own business, started to just fade away. Hmm. And I started to, my friends were like, dude, how, how you been doing, man? I know it's been rough over there. I was like, dude, honestly, I feel unstoppable. Like, wow. all, I just felt so empowered, unstoppable. And that's how I ended up teaching breath and becoming a, a, breathwork teacher and knowing that this was my gift that I have to share with the world. Wow.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I did uh, my very first breathwork session um, probably a month ago with a, a guided breathwork, you know, um, guide and it was the capstone to my healing process it was so incredible i met my um i met my dad's soul uh we cried like i've never cried before uh and i've done a lot of healing mode and i've gone <laughs> all out in everything i do i i, I go and It was incredible. I went back, I was born, I went back into my body when I was born, when the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck and I was born Mm. breech. and they thought I was dead. And I realized that all that death energy that was put upon me by my father was manifested in the womb. And I came out dead and then living through abuse and insane trauma But healing and that meeting that soul, that soul wasn't in his body. And he weeped like I wept for what we both had to go through when that soul contract to to enable me to be me. And breath work is incredible because I've done a lot of plant medicine um, and I believe in plant medicine deeply when you're called to it. However, it's incredible. The breath (laughs) takes you. Oh, it's almost. uh, It's similar. It's not exact. It's almost. It's like the. It's your own story. Like all those in. Yeah, all the insecurities. It's your own story in you, out of you. with you by you it's it's just incredible that the breath and i i first started getting into like understanding even breath work through wim hof you know he he kind of popularized just the power of bringing alkaline into your body and i was doing cold ice cold showers for two years every single day i didn't miss a day and i um but even that was funny even the past i don't know like four or five months ago i realized that that was still a form of abuse for, for me. I wasn't loving myself. I was like (laughs) ice cold beginning to end. And I had to, you know, as water carries memory, I had to say, I had a coach say, you know, why don't you tell the water how much you love it and how much you want it to love you. And I was like, okay, I'm going (laughs) to, and it's been beautiful, but I mean, I, anyway, I just affirm that breathwork is so incredible and I had my very first is it DMT that gets activated when, or what, what actually happens in the body when it clicks over into that space? What is it?
1: Yeah, so the thing that's so profound about breath work is we're using the same mechanisms that we use with a plant medicine ceremony. Mm. You're accessing the same altered states of consciousness yeah, or, or higher dimensions with breathing as you would an ayahuasca ceremony yes. and I've now had, and I've had, I mean, I've, I've ministered and guided, facilitated hundreds of, of, uh, of breath sessions now. And I've seen so many, the session I just gave this morning was literally a full rebirth and death wow. and she actually met the soul of her dog. Wow. And she, I mean, she was, you know, it was really, really intense every, after every session we've done, um, me, I mean, there's no doubt like me and this woman, we signed a soul contract together mm-hmm. for me to help, you know, facilitate and guide her to, mm-hmm. to finding herself again and finding her soul again. Incredible. And, um, yeah, after every session she's looked at me and, like, just, you know, and said, Andrew, you've, you've literally changed my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, and I say, I know we've, this was planned before we even incarnated in physical bodies, me and you meeting.
0: That's so cool.
1: That's so and that, that's, you know, that our, our life is not by coincidence. Everything is divinely orchestrated. But yeah, with, when, we, when we get into breath work, once we start literally accessing this inner healing intelligence that we have, we start pumping every cell full of oxygen, we start, we start reducing CO2, we start raising the pH in the blood, we're making the body more alkaline. We're activating the pineal gland, which is the seat of the soul. This is our, this is our gateway to the cosmos, mm. to the Akashic records or the Akashic field. Mm. This is where every bit of information of everything that ever is, ever was, is stored. Mm. And so through activating the pituitary gland, the hypothalamus, and the pineal gland, we can become one with the cosmos and have these these experiences where we are fully disconnected from ego as we start to breathe deeper we start to suppress the free the prefrontal cortex which is the analytical mind the ego mind so we start to slowly just shrink that and that's where we start to tap in to that field of information and that cosmic consciousness and you know why i why i love breathwork so much especially occasionally in the rare occasion when i get uh, a guy who literally works at a desk job and he has maybe a toe in the spiritual realms mm-hmm. and he has an absolute total oneness. I had a, I had a guy, had a guy months ago. This is probably about six, seven, eight months ago. He was like, Hey man, um, is this, this Andrew? I was like, yeah, brother. He goes, yeah. I, my buddy said he did a couple of sessions with you and it, and it changed his life. So <laughs> I it sounds kind of woo-woo, but I'm pretty down for it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh. I said I said, brother, anything that is considered woo-woo woo-woo mm-hmm. is just a word for what is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just is generally considered for what is yeah. and something that someone is judging because yeah. they don't understand it or understand it yet. Yeah. Because it's a lack of awareness, lack of consciousness of maybe of that, but also of themselves. Yeah. So the fact that you're here calling me is not by coincidence. Mm. So he's like, yeah, man, I'd love to try it. So we tried it. He had the most powerful experience, energy surging throughout his entire body, energy surging up through the spine, going up to his crown chakra, total oneness with the ocean and was literally uh, one with all the reef, the fish was, had, he had dolphins swimming around him and swimming with the dolphin. And when he took off his mask, <laughs> he just sat there for like 10 minutes. Cause you just, it couldn't he like literally couldn't speak. Right. I was just like, take as much time as you need. I'm here. I'm I'm here. When you're ready to start the integration session. Cause after all my sessions, we always integrate, yeah, we talk right. about it. So we, and how we can integrate that into his life because we could do the work right but the part where we make changes and become aware of why we experience it what it meant what it is is the most Hmm. important part
0: yes yes
1: and after that weeks later the guy he quit his job he he totally went on another path of what he thought he might do every messages came through so it it was it was life-changing for him Hmm. just in that one session Amazing. And that's and this is the inner healing intent. This is the power that we have yes. right here.
0: Yes, you don't right. have
1: to go out there looking for it. It's all right here. The universe is all right here, and that's why I love sharing breathwork so much, and why every session is so exciting and they're so different. And being able to show, empower someone that they can do this is just it's, it's
0: incredible. It is it is incredible. Um, tell me tell me about your growing up and what was life like for you? Your, your life growing up and, and, you know, I referenced that I was on a Christian bath. I saw you acknowledge, you know, recognize that, like, tell me your life growing up and what led you even to go down to um, Nicaragua in the first place.
1: So I was raised by two parents from Queens, New York. Uh, I have a twin brother who lives in Oakland and unfortunately we're, we're not that close. We're, I mean, quite literally, we come from two different planets. Mm. We are not of the same kind, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad was a really, really, really extraordinary, extraordinary man. Um, His, his ability to love was, I I always, I always just looked at him and the way that he treated his friends and family. And I was just, Mm. I was always just taken back by the love that he had to give. I mean, I don't, I don't, I I mean, I'm, and he wasn't even conscious he just had so much love oozing out of him for the people around him and so my parents you know growing up my whole life i was a huge sports guy I played every sport there was i was supernatural at every sport there was baseball golf tennis you gave me it and i was good at it instantly mm. uh, i was never great at any sport i was just really good at every sport And so, yeah, I just loved movement and it it was just super natural to me, just catching a ball and just uh, anything hand-eye coordination was just came really natural to me. And um, in surfing in the ocean and it it was all just, I didn't find surfing in the ocean until I moved back to California when I was 19. So I was born in Los Angeles, left when I was seven, lived in Georgia till from eight, from seven to 15. Then I went to high school in North Idaho, right next to Canada in one of the most beautiful towns uh, in the world, in Sandpoint, Idaho, and then I moved back to California when I was 19. And yeah, growing up, it was, it was tough, you know, I mean, I, I literally woke up to, to just bloody screaming every single day. Um, you know, my mom is, requires a lot of patience to be with, mm-hmm. and my dad had zero patience whatsoever. So, you know, that was the, that was the sole karmic contracts that they signed in this lifetime, you know, was to have to experience that that pain of being with someone for 23 years who they never resonated with, never truly loved. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just nothing but toxic really. And they always felt like they had to be together for us. And when they separated, when I was 17, I was like, okay, like I'm actually happy Like these poor humans had to go through this for so many years of just like not being able to stand being around each other. And I'm sure they had their, beautiful moments. But yeah, my, my dad was literally pretty much my everything. And um, he left his physical body at 54, when I was 24 years old, and I was six weeks away from graduating university. Mm-hmm. So in that time, I, I pretty much just fell apart, really. Um, I, I was just completely lost. And uh, I had found backpacking. In 2010, I went to Brazil, I let off away my litter. was like, I'm getting a passport. And I'm and I'm just gonna go. So that was two years before my dad died. And I got inspired by my roommate, Matt, who who was constantly always showing me photos of Greece and Thailand, Vietnam. And I was like, dude, that looks epic. Like, I want to do that, you know. And so I left left, uh, by myself to Brazil in 2010. And after that, the feeling I got when I was walking around on those streets by myself, making eye contact with people who didn't know me and sharing smiles and giving nods and uh, going out to random dingy little little underground clubs where there was a saxophone uh, ska band playing from Brazil. I just, I never felt that alive in my life. Mm. So over the span of from 23 uh, until now, I've been to 40 countries and I've spent four years out of the country living in Australia, New Zealand, all throughout South America, Central America, uh, Southeast Asia. And I, and you know, my most meet, most recent trip was to, uh, to India. And that was where I did my three month voyage of, of studying Pranayama with uh, my guru Vinod Kumar uh, living in a tribal village, like four and a half thousand feet up in the mountains. And, and uh, it was not my choice cognitively. I was purely led there divinely by source. Uh, my, Uh, Guruji says Shiva and Shakti strongly wanted me there so uh, that's that's where I that's where I ended up in traveling and it's no coincidence um, you know I ascend from the blue avians that's where Mm -hmm. my soul comes from I was a bird and Mm -hmm. as an extraterrestrial being so Mm -hmm. it is in my nature to constantly need to be on the go and need to be flying everywhere (laughs) so uh, when I found that out what star seed I was I was like oh okay wow, this is really adding up (laughs) on why I I always felt so different my whole life. And I was like, how do these people punch a clock with two, three weeks off a year? I just just couldn't even wrap my mind around it. It made no sense Mm -hmm. to me. But it was funny because all my parents, friends, and peers were like, wow, this guy just, he just goes, he just works a little bit and he goes like, that's what felt good to me. So I just continued to do it. And yeah, my, going back a little bit. Yeah. My upbringing, my dad was super cool. My mom was a little bit more strict. Both my parents were Catholic, mm-hmm. never ever resonated with me or my brother. It just felt everything about it. just felt wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was a lot of weird shit happening down there in that church or of whatever mm-hmm. the, of all the darkness that's coming out right now of all the churches and whatnot. Yep. I just, I just, it just didn't, it never felt right. Um, and one thing that's so cool is religion will f- for be, a part of history forever, as we move into the age of Aquarius and the golden yes. age. Yes, because yes. it is not resonant yes. with where we're moving. That's You're right. Muslim, I'm Christian. Right. Uh, he's Methodist. He's yeah. A Scientologist. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Say wave goodbye. It's yeah. going to be forever gone. Yeah. It, it it will not be in the frequency of of the new earth and the golden age of where we're moving to because it creates Does separation. Yeah, so, separating. Here's I gave this keynote talk
0: because um, I owned an ad agency for years and, and built it, um, seven-figure seven business and had employees. And I was doing keynote talks about culture. That was a big thing, like inspired people, inspire people and leaders that treat people like people and see them as humanity, not titles and labels and dollar and revenues, all this stuff. And I said, when we give a label, even if you love the label that you've been given, you still have separated yourself from every other person that's not that label group. Do you understand that labels are the precipice of division? And then those do you and I would tell people, do you understand the irony of wanting unity in your in your label? It it cannot ever happen. It it it's impossible. It's I'm male, you're female. I'm gay, you're straight. I'm black, I'm white. I'm Democrat, Republican. I'm like you were saying. It's, it's we're human, divine beings. With that's why Namaste is such an important principle to bring back and not take it from the East and in yoga. It's not a yogic teaching. It is a human teaching to say the divine spark in me, brother, honors that divine spark in you, sees that divine spark in you, and wants to stoke more brightly the divine spark in you so we can shine what this system the matrix system meant to eat the decay of humanity the divinity in humanity is leaving think think, god think light think love and yet everyone listening got to surrender there's so many holding on still and i think the analogy i want to share right now is there was a i forget what it was i could look it up real quick but there was a, a cruise ship that also hit an iceberg a couple weeks this is also part of the conspiracy of the titanic and the three men that were on it and
1: mm. that were anti
0: the central banking system and all that but a couple of weeks prior there was a a huge cruise ship as well that hit an iceberg and I think 90% of the people on that cruise ship lived because they hopped on the iceberg. And then you have people on the Titanic clinging to the Titanic and going down with it, sadly. And it's this—it's a model. I, I heard this business talk one time. Someone was saying that you think differently. If you group think, if you cling on to the old ways, you go down when the old ways go down. Um, the icebox industry, I'm sure was awesome when it first was invented hey you got an ice box yeah cool but when the refrigerator came along the ice box became obsolete and i feel the same is with labels politics religion structures economic structures political structures it's like when will we finally say enough is enough and say I love you and I see you and I acknowledge you. And let's go, let's, let's embrace. Oh, like that yeah. is what, ah, oh, I get fired up when I think of these things. Yeah. And I w- just, part of me, I've been wrestling a lot with some grieving lately of those that are clinging so tightly. And I know eventually they will let go. They have to let go. Cause we will all enter this to some degree. However, to some degree, yeah. <laughs> However, we can save we if we do the healing work now, if we face it now, if we look at what we don't want to look at, the dirtiness, the dreadfulness, the the ugliness, the confusion, the darkness, the the terror, all those things, if we look at it now, we won't have to. <laughs> confront it when it possibly might be too late to confront it and i don't and why i say that i mean i did this post like champ from 5d awakening consciousness the great awakening map creator and a lot of people reshared this post and it was i had seen the graphic the meme where the earth splits and it shows 3d and 5d but what i wanted to add to that was ai was in 3d consciousness was in 5d and then it said the great awakening everyone will get what they chose and because love is the supreme origin of all it will give us because it loves us what we choose and sadly i think people have yet to awaken to the law of free will, and the power that that contains in it. When we choose and not surrender, when we dig in, when we're dogmatic, when we're afraid, that's stagnant water breeds decay. It breeds death. It's still water, but no life can come from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I see humanity. It's still human. Still, there's still the divine in there, but there's no life in there right now because it's stagnant. It's holding on, and that's why I've been wrestling with. This has been my kind of journey in the past three weeks. Is this? I've been having dreams about people and the like. What is it? How can I speak? What can we do? I don't have to do anything. I just have to keep being. Is yeah. there a word? Is there a message? Is there the perfect meme? And the answer is no or yes. I don't know yet. But that's what I've been wrestling with the past couple of weeks is those that have yet to let go. Yeah, I just talked a lot just to tell you what I've been working through.
1: Uh, oh, it's so relevant, Lucas. I mean, we, we are witnessing literally the split. As my guru said it, you are going to witness, Andrew, the, the split of two words. Mm. People are going to start to either move up into the higher dimensions of love and oneness, or some people are going to be clinging on to their cars, to their wealth, to their house, and refusing to just let the river flow. Mm. There's nothing more powerful than you could do than just stand in the river and just, it's going to keep going. Why am I resisting? Yeah, It's going to keep flowing, you cannot control what is happening right now and what is going to happen in the coming months and in the coming years. So which do you choose? Do you want to live in fear, love, or separation? It's just its just that simple. And the most powerful thing, I think, I think many healers, many light workers, way showers uh, have gone through this at some point, even if briefly, we say, Oh, it's my job. I have to. I have to. I have to change them. I have to. I gotta help them. It's. Mm-hmm. It's, not. it's not. I've done. And I've done the same thing. I've wanted to change, because I because I care about them, right? Like my yeah. uh, my a brother or or a cousin or yeah. or a sibling, an aunt, an uncle. You want You just want to help them. Yeah. So, part of it that we're not aware of is it's coming from ego. Mm. What what we can do, and the most powerful thing we can do, like you said, is just be vibrate at the highest rate possible. If you were to look at your hand under a micros- microscope, 500,000 times, you'd see a molecule, mm. 750,000 times, you'd see an atom, 1 million times, energy, empty space. That's all we are mm. is energy, empty space. We are just stardust. We are literally vibrating resonancy and frequency. So if we can literally understand that this is just an illusion, yes, is an illusion. Yes, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the universe is in the non physical, and if we're only focused on the physical, we're missing really really big chunk. So if we can literally raise our vibration, and that is exactly why we're given this physical avatar Mm. to learn love, yes, to learn kindness, yes, to learn compassion, yes. And to learn that we are consciousness and everything is consciousness. Yes. And that is why we're here. And when we literally be that and live that, I don't want to learn love. I want to become love. Mm, that's right. I, yes.
0: That's, that's it. I am love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's such a beautiful song. I, when I lead men's retreats, it's one of the, in the playlist, it's uh, this Ben Rector song. And it's called More Like Love. And everyone listening, please go listen to the song. Ben Rector, More Like Love. And I tell the guys, this is what I want played at the day you celebrate my stepping into the next life. It is, I just want to be more like love. It's more, more, more loving, more loving, not less, more light. Not less, more kind. Not less, and every day we get the choice. In every situation, it's not even the day. In every now moment, we get to choose. Even every in the conversation, the moment. yes, that's right. Are we going to ch- crank the dial for more love, more light? Um, and I am really excited. It's interesting. All the 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 religion the the seers, I like this term, like the prophets of the past, the seers, people that have tapped into these, these realms, whether, whether they fit into what we now call a religious modality, whether it's Christianity or the Hopis prophesied of the 144,000 rain, rainbow warriors, but John and his, I believe if it wasn't breath work was on some acacia tree plant medicine when he's on the island of Patmos and he has the revel he writes the book of revelation and the psychedelic experience and prophesies of 144,000 virgins and and people that religion Rome always makes it sexual and here's something I, I want to share I've been wanting to share this on a podcast and I'm glad we get to share this right now Rome makes the word virgin sexual Rome mm-hmm. we are still under the Roman system the matrix is the Roman system and it's it's falling apart and it did not mean to keep oneself from sex it meant to keep oneself from fear the virgins were those that never knew they never bit to fear they kept they stayed in love they were they were pure love vessels these really us awesome light workers yes we might have known fear but we didn't choose fear for our path it was we are love and light beings and there. I believe this 144,000, whether it's the Hopi prophecy or the Christian prophecy or all these seers saw that there was this time where the light would increase so drastically. And Oh, why I wanted to bring that up is in Ephesians in the Bible, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, helmet, salvation, breast, of righteousness, shield of faith, belt, of truth, sword, of spirit, feet, of preparation, gospel, of peace. Where does truth cover? belt of truth that covers our loins the genetic code you're getting down to the the all energy the actual genetic origin the energetic origin of us truth protects that and we are coming back to this time where truth is making us free our genetic codes are getting unlocked the the dna strands are getting unlocked all these things are getting unlocked at the same time rome It's trying to clamp down and with RNA vaccines and all these things to change the truth of who we are. And you're right. There are, there is a separation for sure. And yet,
1: may we increase the love and light.
0: That's it. You know,
1: like you said, Lucas, they saw an opportunity. If they could, if they could convince and put it in the history books, that sex is this demonized thing Mm. that was a way that they can control us when in actuality sex conscious pure sex is our way to source the art of tantra yoga and literally losing sense of the physical body losing attachment to trying to achieve or reach something or he's good he's bad he he lasts a long time she does this well, and literally, like when I, when I was in India, Lucas, it was just so beautiful. Mm. I told my guru, I said, Guruji, something magical has been happening to me out here. You know, like when I, when, I, when I look at the tribal women walking by, I just, all I see is just a walking like sacred flower. Mm. You know, like I just, I just honor their, their yoni for, for being the source of all creation. Mm never never ever in a place of of lust or it was always just purely just honoring them yes. from heart space yes and and saying like I, I see you you are me i am you yes. namaste yes. or or in tamil nadu where i was in south india it's vanakkam come. Wanakam. Come. yeah Wanakam, and um and as i was there for months and months the smiles started growing brighter and brighter as they started recognizing me saying like, wow, this guy's been here a really long time. Mm. And it only just, even though most of the tribals couldn't speak English, some of them broken, but the conversations grew more, the smiles grew bigger and it just was just, yeah. Them like seeing me, recognizing me for literally diving, like being like, wow, he's really diving deep into understanding how we live and the ancient scriptures and the ancient knowledge that's that's been lost you know and it, it was just so pure so so beautiful so raw it was a uh, it, it wasn't like anything I could try to convey in words but uh, learning all this knowledge you know I'm just sitting there in front of Guruji thinking like wow this is mm. this is what the kids are going to be learning in the Golden Age yes about conscious sense, sex, and about that this is your, that it's not to be demonized, that literally a naked body is a beautiful body, no matter what size it is, no matter what sex it is, right. whether right. if you like men, women, both, it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all beautiful, it all is, it's all, yes. It's all, it's all connected. Yes, yes. And by having that realization it is literally our way to becoming unconditional love. Mm-hmm
0: beautiful it's beautiful no judgment no shame no no fear no division no lies <laughs> no ego no control love truth freedom joy beingness kindness serving compassion will be the foundations then we will learn the next phases. I, I'm reading um, the the books of Raw, um, the Law of One, the books of Raw. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but in uh, Raw, yeah, I
1: have. I haven't read them, but I've heard of them.
0: Really, really amazing. Really, I, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and Raw signs off. I leave you in the love and light of the One Infinite Creator, Adonai. I leave you in the love and light of the one infinite Creator. Out and I go and be at peace. Go. he's just—it's this interesting and Raw says he's the same Raw of Egypt and he came before and he, he taught the Egyptians these spiritual technologies, but they eventually, like the Atlanteans, turned them to service to self as opposed to service to others. And and um, but Raw's talking about the sixth the sixth dimension is where the higher self and you know whether it is or it isn't, but. I like the concept that the sixth dimension is where the higher self resides. And the sixth dimension is wisdom. He said in the sixth dimension. So love is the fifth dimension. Light is fourth dimension. Mind, body, spirit, third, and goes down to, uh, but we are sixth. We have already gone through. So we know like in wisdom, what to do with the love, the light, the body. And it's such a cool thing that, When we get present and getting back to just breath work and all these things, when we're present and our ego truly drops and we have these incredible true and yet outer realm experiences, the wisdom, the the peace that comes from stepping into these things is truly incredible and it's such a gift to access and then to bring back and to share with love and and i'll never forget the very first time i i sat in ayahuasca um i saw the and that was the first anything i would ever done <laughs> except having yeah. al- alcohol i mean i didn't even smoke i never even t- tried cannabis i mean i went i went full full at it and um but it was incredible and, and i saw the earth I'm up, I'm, I'm looking at the earth and the earth is rotating slowly and embossed in gold in North America was the coexist sticker, like the logos of all the religions. And it was beautiful, the most beautiful gold. And it was the size of North America. And as the earth turned, sun was hitting it. And so it was reflecting. You could see like it was in darkness and the sun would hit it. So you could see this revolution of the earth. And I heard God say, oh, how cute. My people are trying to connect with me. And I was like, whoa. I get I get chills right now, like, oh how cute. Huh. Oh, look at everyone just trying to find me. No judgment. No anger. No scorn. Just oh look. Look at all of them. Yeah. It's this incredible time to be here it's such a gift to be here during this time too like to choose this time i was talking to another friend who said, you know there was a lottery to get in at this time that it's not there's a waiting list for souls to actually get here at this time and those that chose to be here and were blessed to be here was by no accident and that's a cool way to look at it too um Anyway, brother, I'm talking a lot. I just, I want to hear more of what you're, you're saying. I just enjoy talking with you. And, uh, uh, <laughs> so,
1: what, so what my, my guru's mother said, Lucas, is that earth is actually the chosen planet out of 200 billion galaxies to be able to incarnate on earth is a gift. Like we can't even begin to fathom mm-hmm. to get the earthly experience and there are, some, there are some beings who are very new souls who have only incarnated on Earth before. But most, not all, many of the elevated beings who are very old souls came from other star systems, whether it was Lyra or the Pleiades mm-hmm. or wherever. Mm-hmm. And we, our soul, I guess, got the lottery ticket. i never heard that. But yeah, I mean, it may, I to- of course, there would be a lottery ticket because this is... The chosen planet. There, there is no planet that's even remotely close to Earth. And that's what my guru's mother told me. And um, she's one of the probably the most special humans at 100 years old wow. walking on this planet. Wow. Uh, my guru's mother, Dr. Ama Chaudhuri, was uh, India's first female researcher. She was one of India's first female doctors in the 1940s. Wow. In India, to be a woman doctor in the 40s, I don't even think you could understand what the wow. flack and the, the like the, that yeah. was just not even like women don't do. No, you, you cook and you raise children. That's what you do. You right. know, I mean, it was even more so probably hammered into their society than here, if that's even possible. Right. Right. So for her to be a doctor, like shows you what of like, like, what of like a straight warrior of a woman she was. Wow. And uh, when I was with her, um, you know, she said, with her, she had she lived, she was born in, in Trinidad. Oh, wow. And she was, uh, she, her life achievements are like you, Guruji told me that if you could see what she did in her lifetime, you they could have written like eight whole books on wow. all the extraordinary work and philanthropic work that she did. Wow. The people who met her, like the prime minister of England like flew over to meet her in wow. India. And so I got to meet her three different times and we got to have two, three hour conversations. And she would tell me things that were so profound. Uh, my job would just be on the floor mm-hmm. and the love that I would feel when I was with her was so supernatural. I, I was like, I just, every, when I would just be with her sitting at her. The love I had for this woman was like, wow, like we, we are, we are souls. I was like, wow, me and her, our souls, we know each other going back. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And obviously same with Guru G. We, I asked my guru. Oh well, yeah. That's a whole another story To How did you, how'd you find your guru? Or so how
0: how'd you, yeah. How did that path cross?
1: Yeah. We like, I could do like literally like eight podcasts on my trip to India. You know, there's just so much. We'll do another. Let's do another. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. We'll do that. So, about a year and two months ago, I started having a very strong calling messages coming in that I needed to be in India. Mm. So I was like, okay. I was like, India, it is like, uh, so I don't know how I knew, but somehow last year in 2019, I knew I was going to go to India from December to March. Why March? Well, that was when all this manifested in the Americas Hmm. COVID actually was happening and everything in Wuhan and China and started in the labs way before, but it started in China before the new year in in, I think as early as early November, but it didn't catch wind really until the very start of March. So I was literally getting a play by play every day with my gurus connected to quantum physicists, scientists, Hmm. other yogis, gurus, spiritual teachers all over the world, December, the whole time I was there. But going back to how I got to India, so I was, I, I was realizing that I needed to work with a business coach. So I found a business coach that I wanted to work with. His name is David Bayer, pretty world-renowned business coach. And I scheduled a free call with him. So I said, I said, why not? What do I have to lose? So a week later, I get someone on the phone. Hi, is this Andrew? And I said, yeah, this is Andrew hey, this is Tracy and then we start talking and uh, there's a cosmic connection, a divine connection between me and this woman. I I felt like I knew her Mm. and I felt love going from one side of the phone to the other. Mm. And then I told her, I said, yeah, Tracy, I'm actually going to uh, India, I'm a breathwork teacher. And and she goes, oh my God, Andrew, are you serious? She goes, "I, I went to India like almost 20 years ago now to study yoga with my guru, she goes, you should, you should contact him. Maybe you could go there. <laughs> and right then and there, like it light bulb went off. That's, that's where I have to go. This is, this is it. Wow. After i had spent weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe months looking at yoga schools in the North of India and none of them resonated none of them seemed right. Mm. So I never booked any school cause it just didn't, it didn't feel right and the reason why was because i was supposed to be not in north india but in south india in the holy land in telangana and uh so she gave me guruji's number and i started messaging guruji and he asked me what do you want to learn what when do you want to come and i said well i'm a breathwork teacher so i want to study breath and yogic philosophy and and patanjali yoga because i knew he taught ashtanga yoga patanjali yoga and so he goes, okay, when do you want to come? I said, I don't know, maybe December. And, and he said, for how long? I said, I don't know, like a couple of months. And so I literally showed up in South India. I had no idea where I was going, what I was about to do, what I, what I was getting into. All I knew, I, he said I was two and a half hours away from, from a big city, uh, deep into the mountains. And I, there was going to be nothing around me. <laughs> um, he said I was going to a tribal village and I was going to be staying at this cottage. I didn't. I didn't know if I was going to be sleeping on a floor. I didn't know anything. Wow. So I I arrived in Tamil Nadu, and I got picked up by a taxi of this that got, that got organized for me. And as I'm driving up into the mountains, it felt familiar. Hmm. It was so beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful places I've been out of all the countries I've been to. And when I arrived at my cottage, I put my bags down. And I walked outside my cottage door in the fog and in the mist, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm here. I, it's, I'm, I'm really here. Like it just sunk in. Like I'm literally about to go like so deep into parts of me that I've never even explored or been before. Mm. Guruji comes walking around the corner about 20 minutes later, and he gives me a uh, big hug and he goes, hello, my son, with all the saffron cloths and, and beads all over his neck and he gives me a hug and he looks at me and he goes welcome G." and i was like and i immediately i it just stopped me in my track kind of and i said G, why'd you call me that he said muni is the one who spreads consciousness and helps people awaken Mm. and he goes and g is yogic term for sign of respect Mm. and i said wow okay that's so weird because i said my friends at home, my whole life always called me G. That's was, that was my name. That's my nickname. And he goes, "That's because they know your yogic best." Uh, wow. <laughs> and and I kind of just shrugged it off. So that next night at the fire, I mentioned how familiar the mountains felt and how I, and how I felt. I said it felt. It feels like I've, I'm like coming home or something. It feels so. I feel so at peace. And he goes, "Ha <laughs> ha." You would think this is the first time we've met? You were a yogi in your past life. We met in these mountains. That's why you're here learning from me. Wow. <laughs> was like, wow. Wait, what? Wow. And and so the next day I was like, wait, did you know I was coming here? He goes, oh, yes, for months. For months I knew you were coming. <laughs> he goes, I, I knew you were going to message me at some point. I didn't know when, but I knew you were coming. Wow. Wow. So... Yeah, he knew that we signed a very important soul contract together yeah. for me to learn for him and for us to reunite. And yes, we just developed a very, very special relationship uh, together while I was in the mountains. You know, the, it, it was like an uncle, nephew, annoying uncle. Like at times I was like, Guruji, we we knock it off, please? Mm-hmm. Stop like telling me how to eat and you know? <laughs> because in India they they really like they, it's very Indian culture to be like stop doing that eat like this put your clothes on like this make sure you're make sure you're putting on tie your shoes like this like it's very like it's, you know this very typical like Indian parents mm. so that's how he was treating me like like his son mm. and I had to like literally like be like Guruji you gotta you gotta you gotta pump the brakes you gotta relax. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, the time spent with him was so profound, I I was, it was like nothing, it was extraordinary, the synchronicities that were happening every day. And yeah, like I said, um, you know, Ram Dass said in his book, this resonated so deeply with me, he said in his book, you don't just go to India looking for a guru, that's not how it works. If you're meant to work with a guru and learn from a guru, source will orchestrate it divinely. And that will be part of your path, mm. and that was exactly what happened for me. I didn't say cognitively like, "Hey, I really want to work with a with a man who lived in a cave for eleven years naked." Like, <laughs> it didn't. That's not what. <laughs> that's not what came to me when I was thinking about going to India. I was thinking about going to a school and being around a bunch of people. Mm. Source didn't want that for me. He wanted me to be in isolation, totally in the depths of my being just in nature and just nothing, no distractions, nothing, just literally my breath, my journal, the sounds of nature and me literally just going into meditation and, and contemplation Mm -hmm. the whole time I was there. Beautiful. So
0: amazing brother. Amazing. It's it's life is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. And the journeys that we embark on, that your story that's a beautiful story and and you're not done you know here i don't know how old you are but you got you got much more runway in front of you to have many more beautiful stories
1: like yeah, that I'm 33, so let's just say that uh, my work here is just just started
0: yeah yes yes
1: and yeah this, uh, me and me and my my beautiful partner have a lot of a lot of work here to do on this planet mm. pretty some pretty large large light to shine on this planet. As I record starting to recognize how powerful we are and how much Mm. impact we're going to have. And there's, there's many of us that have that, you know, roles that big, but yeah, it's, it just feels so, so like you said, just so grateful to be incarnated in this time and, and to, you know, help, help as many people as they can and guide as many people as, as I can. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's not about I, it's just about we, the collective, how we move yeah. together into this shift, into this new collective consciousness and recognizing, seeing through past the fear and past the dark timelines and that that those timelines aren't going to play out and we will see the golden age and the age of Aquarius in our lifetime without yes. a doubt Yes, because we are ascending, we are not descending, we are only accelerating up and up and up and up.
0: That's right. Dude, so beautiful. Thank you for coming on and thank you for connecting and thank you for sharing your beautiful story. Thank you, brother. Where, how, um, how can people connect with you? I know you're on Instagram, you got a website, share all the beautiful ways that people can connect with you.
1: Yeah. So you can connect with me at www.andrewgenovesealing.com. Also on my Instagram on Andrew underscore GEN. I'm pretty active on that. I just announced, I think two days ago, that I'm going to be doing a super, super special dimensional breathwork session on October 25th, on Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Coast time. And 100% of the proceeds are going to fight ch- child sex trafficking to Operation Underground Railroad. Mm. So uh, there's even been a couple people that have hit me up and just been like, hey, I want to do the session, and can I, because the session's $22. So people have been like, "Hey, can I PayPal you or Venmo you fifty dollars, a hundred? Absolutely, you can totally do that. Or if breathwork isn't for you, maybe, even though we breathe every day, if breathwork isn't something, ready, <laughs> <laughs> if breathwork isn't something you're ready to try, or you know, something that's not calling you at this moment, then you can totally reach out to me and donate. A hundred percent of all the proceeds are going to go to this incredible foundation that's fighting the most dark topic, mm-hmm. most dark energy on our planet. And so, yeah, I can't wait to be with everyone there. It's going to be a very, very special mm. session and it's going to be just so fun to watch this um, online platform that I've just created in the last month to just grow into something just so big and beautiful. And beautiful. yeah, it's so exciting.
0: Man, I'm excited for you and everyone. Um, I'll put that, all those links in the show notes so you can find those below uh, when you're listening. But thank you, brother. Blessings, love and light. Infinite and unconditional brother, infinite and unconditional. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode and make sure you check out Andrew. I'll put his contact information in the show notes here so you can see those and just remember to breathe, 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 breathe. For our breath is our Neshama, is the soul, is our ability to be conscious And the more we breathe, the more present we are. The more present we are, the more grounded we become. So that when storms roll through, we are planted like a tree by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Be grounded, brothers and sisters. For even though the storm may come, you are groundly planted divinely planted in love, in truth, in light, in goodness. And all the things that are meant to distract, divide, dissect, bring death to your divinity, you can reject. You can release the fear. You can protect your own space by simply... filling your lungs with air. And as I shared on a podcast many months ago with Gordana Burnett, how we know something is true is because we can breathe more deeply. Our body keeps the score. (sighs) When you can breathe more deeply, you know you're walking in truth. You know you're walking in the fullness of your being. So keep breathing Keep grounding and know that love never fails. And perfect love, which is unconditional love, casts out all fear. Everything is good, brothers and sisters. Even when you see the storm, even when you see the fire, even when you see all things swirling around you, when you are in present moment, when you are grounded in divine love, that's what salvation means, to be in love to be in the presence of love. Nothing can touch you. Nothing can affect you. So know that all is good, all is well. Brother Andrew, thank you again for joining. Everyone, check him out. And I look forward to talking with you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.